you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Monday, February 5. Lisa Wilkinson is just a presenter, not a senior journalist. That's the claim of her own barrister in final submissions to the defamation trial brought by Bruce Lehrman. Network 10 says Lehrman is a liar who just cannot be trusted. And Lehrman says Brittany Higgins is lying when she says she was too drunk to consent to sex. That's today's Deep Dive, coming up shortly. Australian anti-Israel activists have had a major falling out with one protest group saying another group has 90% white members and is an embarrassment to the Palestinian community. That exclusive from John Ferguson, live now at theaustralian.com.au, quotes one of the groups saying white people do not speak for all Palestinians. First up today, the revered Aboriginal leader Loicha O'Donoghue has died at 91. Dr O'Donoghue was a Yankanjajara woman born in 1932 in Central Australia. Her father was an Irish stockman whom she never met. Missionaries took O'Donoghue from her mother Lily at the age of two and she didn't meet her mother again until the late 1960s, more than three decades later. She had uh, waited three months from the day that she heard uh, that um, I was um, in the area. She had waited on the road from, uh, from sunup until sundown. O'Donoghue said she was furious that her mother had lost her family, but she despaired to see Lily and her other daughters drinking heavily and living in desperate poverty. She thought of how different her own life could have been had she not been taken as a toddler. But the thing that uh, really, um, I guess, was impressed upon my mind because I'd learned also at the same time that I had a promised husband. And I guess that was the thought more than anything. I was glad uh, that in fact I'd um, not stayed. By then, Loicha was a prominent leader in her early 30s. The missionaries had trained her as a domestic servant and changed her name to Lois. She became a nurse the first Aboriginal nurse in South Australia, and became active in the campaign for recognition at the 1967 referendum. She joined the Commonwealth Public Service and rose to become a senior leader for her people. In the 1990s, Dr O'Donoghue led the negotiations over land rights laws, was prominent in the campaign for an Australian republic, and later played a crucial role in securing an apology to the stolen generations. We want our non-Aboriginal friends and colleagues to work with us. But it is important that we know when to step up and they know when to step aside. We're getting closer to a final decision in the case of Bruce Lehrman versus Network 10 and Lisa Wilkinson. Justice Michael Lee is writing his judgment and the federal court has released the final written submissions of all the barristers. This case is about the night in March 2019 when Lehrman and Brittany Higgins went out for drinks with other young staffers in Canberra. 
They returned to Parliament together in the early hours. Higgins says she was raped. Lehrman says they had no sexual activity. And in their submissions, Lehrman's lawyers, Steve Wybrow and Matthew Richardson SC, say even if the judge believes Lehrman is lying, that is, that they had some form of consensual sexual activity, or that Lehrman believed Higgins was consenting, the judge must still find in Lehrman's favour, even though he's lied. Wybrow and Richardson say the judge still has to be actually persuaded that Lehrman had sex with Higgins knowing she was not consenting. We've used a voice actor to bring you the words by Lehrman's barristers. In Mr Lehrman's submission, the evidence simply does not permit a positive finding of fact that Ms Higgins' intoxication was at any relevant time such that she could not consent to sexual activity. Bruce Lehrman's case is that Lisa Wilkinson, as the journalist who brought in the story and the host of the program, had an unreasonable belief that Higgins was telling the truth and that neither she nor the project's producers properly investigated Higgins' claims before airing them in February 2021. In her submissions for Wilkinson, Barrister Sue Chrysanthu SC says this is fundamentally erroneous. Here's a voice actor reading Sue Chrysanthu's words from her submission. It's important to note that Ms Wilkinson did not produce or edit the broadcast. She did not have control over its tone and content and could only make recommendations that, as a matter of fact, were mostly rejected. She went on. Her role in relation to the final broadcast was to read the pre-prepared script. She acted not only reasonably in reading that pre-prepared script, but perfectly in that she read it word for word. In the witness box, Lisa Wilkinson was combative and argumentative with the barrister representing Bruce Lehrman, Matthew Richardson, SC. Here's a sample of their encounters. We've used voice actors. You were entirely captured by your source, weren't you? Can you define captured? Entirely committed to supporting her version of the events. With scrutiny. You were thrilled by the riveting commercial appeal of the story that she told. Please don't make me sound like a cheap tabloid journalist, Mr Richardson. But Chrysanthu writes Wilkinson's demeanour shouldn't be surprising. Ms Wilkinson has spent decades in a professional environment which involved conversational-style interviews and debates. It's unsurprising that she had difficulty within the structure of giving evidence for the first time in a court. Although at times her answers were unresponsive, it was clear that she was earnestly attempting to answer what she understood she was being asked and was doing so honestly. Fiona Brown, you'll remember, is the former Chief of Staff, Higgins and Lehrman's former boss. She says her life has been shattered by the unfair allegation that she did not properly respond to Higgins' allegation of rape. Brown told the court Higgins, in fact, never told her she'd been raped. In the witness box, Wilkinson said she believed the project actually showed Fiona Brown in a positive light. But Chrysanthu's submissions were scathing about Fiona Brown. Having heard Ms Brown's evidence over some five hours and observed her demeanour towards this issue, it is open to the court to form the view that Ms Brown is not being dishonest about this issue. Rather, she completely lacks ordinary human insight into such matters. There was certainly evidence that could lead to this conclusion. She plainly lacked training and experience to deal with the circumstances that arose in late March 2019, and also general human experience in relation to victims of sexual assault. 
Network 10 and Lisa Wilkinson have both argued that the project did not allege there was a government cover-up or that Higgins was pressured to give up her claims of rape. They both say they just presented Higgins' claim that she believed she had not been supported. Ellie Dudley is the Australian's legal affairs correspondent. Ellie, the defendants are in an awkward situation here, aren't they? Lisa Wilkinson has told the court she believed there was a government cover-up. Here's what she said in her intro. Tonight, claims of rape, roadblocks to a police investigation and a young woman forced to choose between her career and the pursuit of justice. Brittany Higgins says the government betrayed her. And yet now, Ten and Wilkinson say they never claimed there was a systemic cover-up of rape. So how does the judge marry those two things? Well, I think that what they're getting at is that it just doesn't go to the core of their case. As we know through this trial, they've been arguing two different defences. The first one is a truth defence. That is to say that Bruce Lerman did rape Brittany Higgins on the couch of Parliament House. And the second one being a qualified privilege defence, that the interview itself was reasonable. Now, neither of those defences go to this government cover-up. It doesn't go to whether or not Linda Reynolds tried to stop Brittany Higgins from reporting the matter to police. It doesn't go to the conduct of Linda Reynolds, Chief of Staff Fiona Brown. It's about whether or not Bruce Lerman raped Brittany Higgins on the couch and that's what they're trying to get at. Here's what Matthew Collins, KC, counsel for Network 10, said in his submissions. The respondents are not here to defend hypothetical defamation cases that might have been brought by other applicants. It is no part of the respondents' burden to establish that there were, for example in fact, roadblocks to a police investigation, or that Ms Higgins, in fact, had to choose between her career and the pursuit of justice. If those matters had been in play, different defences could have been pleaded and different evidence adduced. Access a world of true crime podcasts on CrimeX Plus, where award-winning journalists take a deep dive into unsolved cases. Every week, we're waking up to a dead woman. A dead mother, sister, auntie, grandmother. It's not good enough. From the team that brought you The Teacher's Pet, Shadow of Doubt and Dying Rose, unlock early, ad-free and bonus content from brand new series and flagship shows such as I Catch Killers with Gary Jubilin. One was shot in the mouth and I thought he was dead. Another one had been shot with a shotgun and I got the overspray. Search for CrimeX Plus on Apple Podcasts to start digging deep into the world of true crime. Coming up after this break, what the defendants say about Bruce Lehrman. In her submissions on behalf of Lisa Wilkinson, Barrister Sukrasanthu says Bruce Lehrman was plainly an unsatisfactory witness and his evidence should not be accepted on any matter of controversy unless it constituted an admission. The applicant is an active and deliberate liar. He lies, it would appear, without hesitation to advance his own interests. One of the issues the judge has to sort out in this case is whether he believes Bruce Lehrman and Brittany Higgins were involved in not just a rape, but any sex at all. Remember, Lehrman denies any sexual activity. Higgins says she was raped. In his closing address, Lehrman's barrister Steve Wybrow said it wasn't plausible that Lehrman was lying because he told the police in 2021 that no sex occurred. Wybrow said if that was a lie, it was the biggest gamble of his life, because he couldn't have known if the police had any forensic evidence 
that might prove they did have sex. Wybrow told the court that means Lehrman must be telling the truth. Here's what Network 10 said about this. We've used a voice actor to read the words written by a barrister for 10, Matthew Collins, KC. If Mr Lerman had admitted sexual activity had occurred, but asserted it was consensual, it was all but inevitable that he would be charged. Having regard to Ms Higgins's account and the amount of alcohol that had been consumed, irrespective of whether there was any forensic evidence in existence. So Collins is saying Lehrman knew Higgins was very drunk and therefore not in a position to consent to sex. Viewed in that light, it was hardly the gamble of his life. It was a rational approach for a liar to take in circumstances where he had resolved to participate in an interview with police in the hope that it would result in them not pursuing the matter further. Thanks for joining us on The Front. The Reserve Bank Board meets tomorrow, but even though inflation's falling, experts say we shouldn't expect a rate cut. To find out why not, go to theaustralian.com.au. I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts.